0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Changemaker Conversations in Education brought to you by the Alberta Regional Professional Development Consortium. My name is Dr. Rick Gilson and our conversation today is with Mary Lou Gammons, one of our consultants, and Dr. Joan Netton. This podcast can be listened to in English and then there is a second conversation in French that you may access. And now over to Mary Lou. Welcome, everybody, and I am fortunate to be here today. Um, It is a complete privilege and an honor to be with Dr. Joan Netten. Um, One does not receive the Order of Canada without significant and lifelong contributions to Canada or to humanity at large. And I believe in this case, Joan, you have done both. You have... um, and are recognized internationally as a researcher who has spent the better part of 50 years delving into the cultural and cognitive advantages of bilingualism and pluralism. Dr. Netten is a graduate of four universities, including Saskatchewan, Toronto, McGill, and UQAM, Université de Québec-Montréal and she holds teaching certificates in the provinces of Quebec and Newfoundland. Throughout her career, she has been involved in the field of French first language and second language didactics at the provincial, federal, and international levels. She began her career as a teacher of French as a second language from elementary to adult education in the school system of saint Quebec. For 30 years, she was a professor, Faculty of Education Memorial University, St. John's, Newfoundland, where she developed French as a second language uh, teacher training programs and immersion programs. She introduced immersion programs to the province as a member of the Institute of Educational Research and Development, was responsible for the evaluation of all such programs in the province. For four years, she was the Department of education she was with the department of education where she assisted the government in establishing french schools and implementing french first language programs she has also served as a member of several government committee committees for the improvement of ffl and fsl programs in canada as a visiting professor in the masters of education program at universite st anne nova scotia And as a visiting researcher, Second Language Education Centre, University of New Brunswick, and a visiting scholar at the TESL Centre, Concordia University, Montreal, Quebec, and was invited to participate in the Parliamentary Commission on Language Education in Wales. Over the years, she has written many articles and chapters in language books, uh, excuse me, in language teaching books, and twice a member of the editorial board of the Canadian Modern Language Review, and is co-author of teaching materials. She has been involved in professional organizations as well as with parents. She's an honorary member of the Canadian Association for Curriculum Studies in the Francophone section, an honorary member of the Ontario Association of Modern Language Teachers, and an honorary life member of Canadian Parents for French, of which... She is a past national president. She has served on the executive committees of Canadian Association for Applied Linguistics, French for the Future of Canadian Foundation for excuse me, Cross-Cultural Dialogue for many years. For her contribution to the advancement of linguistic duality in Canada, she was appointed to the Order of Canada. She was also awarded the Queen Elizabeth the second golden jubilee and diamond medals for her volunteer work in the community. Incredible. Her interest in the improvement of core French programs led her in 1997 to work with Dr. Claude Germain of UCAM University to enable students in those programs uh, a better ability to communicate in French which led to the development of a new approach to teaching second language communication in the classroom, the neurolinguistic approach. Now implemented in most provinces and applied in some countries in Europe, Asia, South America and in Extapa, Mexico uh, for the t- teaching of a variety of second languages. How would you define the neurolinguistic approach in your words?
1: The, the neuro-linguistic approach is what, in um, amongst academics, we call a new paradigm. In other words, it's a new way of understanding um, how we learn to uh, a second language. And um, obviously, as you can tell from its name, um, it's based on research that has recently done in in neural linguistics. Uh, We tend to, um, for many years, to think that it's necessary to have a certain amount of knowledge about the second language that we want to speak before we can speak it relearn learn vocabulary, grammar rules, and so on, and then make an attempt to speak, which isn't always very successful. And it's no wonder, because um, the research has shown us it really isn't this knowledge that enables us to speak a second language, which we have also to develop what we call an intuitive or internal grammar by speaking the language. So therefore, um, we've, the uh, neurolinguistic approach puts an emphasis on learning the skills necessary for communication. We start with oral language and then reading and then writing. And this new approach reflects really um, more clearly the way in which we learn um, a language. Think of the way that you learned your first language. You uh, certainly didn't learn grammar rules before you started to speak it. So... I guess we could clarify the neurolinguistic linguistic approach as a skills development approach to the learning of a second language rather than
0: a grammar-centered approach. Lovely. So if I understand correctly, through skills, we have this implicit or internal grammar that will enable us and inform our learning to read and our learning to write because it will be intuitive.
1: The, the uh, yes
0: basically we develop an ex-
1: internal grammar or intuitive grammar by using the language and this helps us to understand how to put the words in the language together intuitively but intuitively it we must means that we do this very very quickly it isn't the way we learn to conjugate a verb or that we learn a grammar rule. That kind of learning is what we call conscious learning. We know that we're learning it and it's kept in one part of our brain. The internal learning, the intuitive learning, is what we call non conscious learning. We do it and we learn to do it by doing it, but we don't analyze it as we do with learning grammar and
0: rules. Lovely. We, we, it becomes immersive. (laughs) Thank you. Um, Perhaps we'll go through, Um, I'm going to, I'm wondering if we can move through a few questions in English and then we'll go into, in French perhaps. Okay, if that would work for you. Yes, so and and so, what led you to the neurolinguistic approach? How did you come about it?
1: Well, there were two. two major influences, I guess. The first is dissatisfaction with what we call core French or the regular program that has been in the classroom for years. For years, we've known that this program doesn't really teach students to speak, to interact spontaneously in French. Um, Students, parents, teachers have often mentioned that um, even after eight years of French in school, they were still unable to speak the language when they left secondary school. So we, there was real dissatisfaction, particular now when people are most interested in being able to speak the language that they are learning, to communicate in that language. And then also, well, there was a comparison with the results in the French immersion programs. Because as you know, French immersion was developed basically because even back in those years, we were not happy with the results in communicating in the language. And French immersion has enabled students to study uh, French or study in French, since they study subject matter. Um, and through that route, be able to speak um, speak French or speak a second language. Mm-hmm. My teacher, uh, the group of teachers that I've worked with in Newfoundland and Labrador, thought that it would be um, that we really should try to improve the results of the core French program for the students that were there to make the experience more satisfying. And they also suggested that perhaps we should learn from the French immersion program and use some of the strategies that will be used in that classroom in the core French classroom. So we um, undertook um, as uh, you've also uh, already mentioned with my colleague Claude Germain um, to conceive of a new program, which at that point, we called the Francais Intensif, using specifically um, an approach based on teaching the skills of communication in the classroom, developing literacy in a language, rather than based on understanding the grammar of the language and how the, the language works. We experimented with this program uh, for six years in Newfoundland. And eventually we were able to say that we had a program that functioned well and that enabled core French students to learn to speak in French. After five months in the intensive French program, they were able to communicate spontaneously so that working on, on our reasons for why did this happen, um, we uh, consulted with the neurolinguists and came to the conclusion that the important factor was that in by using the language to... Um, get across a message by using the language to communicate, we were developing that intuitive grammar, which as we do in the immersion program, although we don't always know that that's what we are doing. And so the success of this program is similar based on um, the development of the internal grammar, which is similar to what happens in the French immersion program.
0: It's very impressive, and if I'm understanding correctly through your research, many, many years in the core French program, you could graduate in grade 12 and still not have that spontaneous language. That is correct. There have been tests done many times by different school
1: boards, and we have always found that students coming out of the regular core program are not able to communicate spontaneously in the second language. Uh, Some provinces have done much more testing than others, but the result has
0: always been the same, the lack of ability to communicate in French. Which is also the motivator and the hook to carry on. So it sounds like you've met with great success in the intensive French um, and the the neuro-linguistic approach. So in, in that sense, to see, um, to observe the neurolinguistic approach in, in a second language classroom versus a traditional classroom, what are the elements that would, would differ? There would be more French spoken, less emphasis on perhaps form and verbs and the, the rules and the written element. Is that... Yes, yes. Probably the
1: the thing that you would notice, first of all, was that there was certainly more use of the language in the classroom, because French becomes the means of communication, not only for the things that are happening in the classroom, but also for the learning that is taking place. We've developed strategies so that the students learn to speak about a certain topic and then they learn to read and write about that topic. So there's much more activity in the classroom. Students move about more, they speak to each other and they work in groups, all this in French. Um, And then students are much more enthusiastic, much more motivated than they tend to be in a core French classroom. Um, If you were listening carefully, you'll probably uh, notice that the conversations are authentic conversations. They're not the repetition of grammar exercises or dialogues, but they're real conversations that are taking place between the students or the student and the teacher, where the message is what one is focusing on, not the form, not the grammar. Although we still pay attention to making sure that accurate language is used and the role of the teacher is also very different the teacher acts more as an animator and uh, directs the things that are happening in the classroom but the teacher is not the person in front of the classroom giving out the information that the students have to memorize and um, Generally speaking, I guess you could say the classroom would look more like an ordinary classroom or an immersion classroom than a core French classroom with projects on the wall rather than grammar rules. And um, generally speaking, the the atmosphere is more positive and children are happy because they, they feel that they're learning something.
0: That's wonderful. And so, where else um, is the neuro-linguistic approach found? uh, In Canada, we mentioned that it's also in Mexico, and are we finding how many countries around the world at this point in time? At this point in time, it's used quite widely.
1: Um, It's uh, used in China, uh, Japan, and Taiwan. Um, It's used in France, uh, in Belgium, in Poland, and several other of the European countries. It's used in Iran. It's used in Brazil and Colombia, uh, as well as Mexico. And there's probably other places now. Um, It's used for adults also now, um, particularly immigrants Um, as well as students at the university. And in France, it's used for the refugees and their children uh, who were coming in to the country. Um, And of course, as you mentioned, it's used now for languages other than French, for English and for Spanish. And here in Canada, it's used for, in many places now, for the teaching of the indigenous languages The Northwest Territories has mandated its utilization for the teaching of all the indigenous languages there. And um, it may be interesting also to note that New Brunswick has replaced the core French program with the program based on the neuro-linguistic approach so that they have the neuro-linguistic approach and immersion but no more core French, and in Nova Scotia, all of their French second language programs are based on the principles of the neuro-linguistic approach. So it's grown quite out of um, well out of Newfoundland as well as out of Canada. It's grown quite considerably.
0: Well, congratulations, and what a gift to not only Canada but the world! It's a an incredible legacy that you have have offered the world, and this access to language. And as we we clearly see that we need to understand others, and we need to. Um, Ralph Nichols says the best way to to understand others is to listen, and we need to to listen. We need to understand and then respond. And so, thank it you. enables
1: the students to interact with people of other cultures, and that is
0: certainly an advantage in our world today. I think, without a doubt. So, thank you so much for that. I'm um, uh, with with that. We'll close the English segment and move toward French.